Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, we are back after a long winter hiatus and we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We've got Ryan committing another murder, our cut leader, cut leader revealed, Shiloh is really Hank, and what's going on with Kim and Drew? We're going to break all that down and more next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, hey everybody! We're doing it! In 2019, it's another fresh new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Of course, we uh, like to break down all the latest goings on in Port Charles. I'm your host, Frank Moran, and usually my cohort in crime, Carla Renata, would be right there. We'd be breaking it all down together as well. But Carla has a fantastic opportunity, and she's actually gone this week. So rather than just doing it by myself, I figured out why, why, not, I, why not reach out to another person that loves GH almost as much as I do. And that is my partner in crime. Erica Schreiber. Hello, everybody. It's so wonderful to be here. Look at this. Yes. Mm, big shoes to fill for Carla. I wouldn't even attempt to go there, but uh, it's fun to be here for the night. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Erica and I will have a little, uh, it's be like a little fun one-off there. You can get some peeks into our relationship as well <laughs> as our thoughts about GH, which may not necessarily coincide. No, no. Absolutely. That's true. Uh, in fact, when I uh, actually did a little dry run with Erica yesterday, uh, I reminded her the first time that we met was I, I went to go meet her on our first date, and she was watching General Hospital, to which you did not even remember. I have absolutely no recollection of that. So, uh, yeah, we're off a, to a roaring start. Well, I yep. see. Who, who, who I really remember that first evening. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That's great. Uh, but real quick for all the fans, of course, we all love General Hospital, everybody that's involved in this, but uh, your GH bona fides. Yep. Yes. I have been watching GH for about 20 years, and in fact, seeing the uh, the throwback episode on, what was that, New Year's Eve, that they did the Baby Michael episode, and that was like right in my wheelhouse. That's right around the time that I started watching the show, I think 97. So yeah, I had watched days up to that point, and then a friend uh, turned me on to GH, and I flipped over and never looked back. Well, look at that. Uh, now, as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those, those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and everybody hop in the chat there, share your thoughts about anything that's happened over our long winter break or anything that might pop up during our conversation. Uh, but first, I figure we should dive into probably what is the, the biggest, at least to me, the biggest storyline, and that is the whole Ryan Chamberlain murder. Yep. Uh, Spree. It's been holiday related. They did take Christmas off. Yes. Yes, uh, Ryan. I guess you know wanted everybody to have a merry Christmas and decided for, to forgo that holiday, but made up for it on New Year's. Yes. Yes. I'm. Uh, I'm relieved that I feel like we're turning a corner with Ryan Chamberlain. That like finally we're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together because I don't know this has been dragging on a little bit long for me. I have to say, uh, I, I, I find the character pretty creepy, which I guess means he's doing his job. Yeah. So I'm, I'm. I'm ready for the corner to turn. All right. Let's. I, I want to try to just put uh, put a little real life equivalence into this. Oh boy! Uh, say I had a twin. That was a uh, that was a uh, murderer. Yeah. Yep. And we switched places. Would you be able to tell? <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah. I think you know it's been a long time. We've been together. I think I could tell. Oh, I think, okay. Think. All right. 
Sure. I, 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 we, I don't know. Yeah, well, all right. That didn't seem as comforting as I had hoped. <laughs> I know you intimately. No, no one could ever <laughs> fool me. No, that's right. That's right. Okay. I think. I mean, seventy-five twenty-five. I think I would. I would know. Seventy-five twenty-five. Sure, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so we see him where we've known this documentary that they're filming about Ryan Chamberlain has existed. In addition yeah. to Lulu doing her uh, her articles as well, but we get the one where I feel like you know this person's uh, doomed for death when we've never really heard mention of this, seen this character before. Yes. But he just pops up in yes. uh, Kevin's office. Yes. Says, oh hey. Remember me? I did this documentary. Come and check it out. Yeah. You knew it wasn't going to end well for this guy. And I assumed that that it was Ryan as Kevin who participated in the documentary. Yes. Because I, I thought, oh, is Ryan going to know who this person is? But clearly he did. So, but I, And if they have history, I didn't see it. Um, had we seen that filmmaker before? No. First time. Yeah. We, we knew that the filming was happening, but we'd never seen it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and, I, and their relationship, it was just, it was too kind of intimate and involved way too quickly. So you knew that something bad was coming for that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so it goes that uh, Ryan goes to the uh, the nice little edit suite. Yep. Uh, you know, a very quiet edit suite there in the, that long hallway and goes in. And I do like that he watched some of the, I feel like the stylistic choices for the way that they shot that were interesting for the, uh, the actual documentary. Yeah. Because they are playing clips from Felicia that they're yeah. showing, that he's showing now Ryan posing as Kevin, but they would have some with Felicia talking here, and then some was like this really high up kind of looking down as they're talking. And I was like, <laughs> I've seen where it's been, you know, right directly to the camera, or even just maybe the side, but never one where it's kind of been up and looking down. So it was a really weird angle for that documentary interview. It was the ghost of Ryan, or so they thought, just <laughs> looking in. I don't know. I guess I don't know. Um, I I. Th- I did feel like that turn at the end felt a little forced, though, when the movie maker was like, oh, let me tell you my great idea for the ending. And then what if he's still alive? Like, where did that come from? I mean, clearly they needed that entry point to uh, to set up the murder. But I thought that felt a little bit forced. Well, because he reveals that there were there was never any uh, forensic evidence or any remains found from the amusement park fire. Yeah. That supposedly had killed Ryan. Yeah. And so he makes this great theory that's like, hey, I'm going to tell him that Ryan could possibly still be out there. So who knows? And Ryan wants to put the kibosh on that. Right. But that is also something like, I feel like the police should also, I mean, you know, they should kind of have that theory. If there, there's no remains. Right. That the idea should be like, oh, I, which I thought we were going to get to when they saw Curtis and Jordan going through the old files. Yeah. Other than just like, oh, so they're missing driver's licenses. I thought like, wait, you know, there were never any remains found. Yeah. Of Ryan. Yeah. And also maybe he's still alive. It, it was only this strange movie maker guy who had that idea, I guess. I don't know. And, uh, of course, Ryan goes back and deletes, or at least takes with him, all the footage of the film. Mm-hmm. So we'll never be able to find out exactly all that great stuff. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure Felicia's angry. Mm-hmm. She spent mm-hmm. a lot of time talking. <laughs> I wonder what's ever going to be seen. No. It looked like a winner. But if for as, well, I mean, I guess... Mary Pat's. I mean, it was it certainly the body was beheaded. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty, not necessarily graphic, but intense reveal, mm-hmm. Pop, mm-hmm. popping in a, in a, uh, in a barrel. True. But uh, this, by far, I felt like, and Kiki's was more uh, precise. Yeah. So we didn't really see a lot of blood and stuff. This one, tons of blood all over that added bay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. For Ryan having certain consistent themes that come up in each of his murders, I'm not sure why he would have chosen such a bloody end. To this one. Yeah. And I don't know if it's only because as a male, maybe you put up more of a struggle, perhaps. Right. 
But Ryan didn't seem to have much of any kind of wounds or marks or anything on him. Or maybe, too, because it was more of an impromptu murder. You know, that wasn't something that Ryan was thinking about for very long, didn't have much time to set it up. Um, so he had to make do with what he had. And perhaps that ended up with just a messier crime scene. I did like the uh, so he calls he gets on he gets the guy's phone because he gets a text because conveniently Curtis is going to have a meeting with him about, about about a potential television show yeah which I'm like okay we've never heard Curtis profess <laughs> any sort of interest <laughs> yes. in television whatsoever yes. uh, until this moment yes but uh, so Ryan he texts uh, the producer the Ryan Ryan uses the phone or texts him back to go hey meet me at my edit bay because I have to leave tonight instead yeah. and when Curtis walks goes to walk in the room he just trips over a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just tripped over a pillow. <laughs> that was it. Like, I've walked into many rooms where I haven't seen it, and I've, I've kicked a pillow, but no time have it, has it ever made me stumble down to the ground. <laughs> That's right, Steve. Like, all right. What rooms have you walked into that had a pillow just laying there? Uh, well, you know, some, you know maybe someone <laughs> got knocked off the bed. You know, you walk in and you turn the light on, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, guess, I suppose. Those were the days before you met me, I just had I know. <laughs> <that> <laughs> pillow strewn everywhere. <laughs> I was like, no, no, yes. Erica's around now. I can't put my pillows all That's over. That's right. That's right. right I expect a made bed. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we they're piecing it together as a serial killer murder uh, yeah. motive. That I felt like, all right, everybody's missing their IDs. Yeah. It's uh, Curtis and Jordan had not postulated. It's either, well, they haven't come out that it could be Ryan again, but yeah. it's somebody that has at least had intimate details of this that they've never released to the public. Yep. And that it seems to be whether trying to emulate or top Ryan Chamberlain. Yeah. I'm just, as I said before, I'm just relieved that they are they're moving in that direction in some way. Because I'm really ready for someone to start piecing this together. I think this has played out beautifully, but it's time for a shift in the storyline. It's time to speed this up a little bit, I think. Are you a fan of Kevin Collins? Or, I mean, I say, say John Linston, whether it's Kevin Collins uh, slash Ryan Chamberlain. Yeah. I'm finding him incredibly persuasive as Ryan. I mean, his his turn as Ryan was before I ever watched GH long ago. So I'm still, I'm somewhat new to the Ryan Chamberlain character. Um, and I I find him very persuasive and, and fairly unpleasant in that role, which is also why I think I'm starting to, like, crave some sort of justice. Uh, <laughs> someone to figure this out. Because he's such a creepy character. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, well, he's doing his job right. He is. He is indeed. Uh, and speaking of people doing their jobs right, let's talk about AfterBuzz for a moment, folks. Because, <laughs> you know, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From drama, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to satisfy you, a television fan. And we've looked everywhere. There's nobody. We're the only <laughs> ones. But we need your help. So we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And by doing that... YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll have help AfterBuzz continue to grow. But if you're worried about those pesky notifications, don't be, because they are optional. So hit that subscribe button now, and let us know in the comments that you did so. And you know what? Uh, Carly's not here, but she's going to read all those comments. And she, uh, oh my goodness, she's picked up ice sculptures. So she's going to be doing some ice sculptures uh, of your favorite GH character. Just let her know. (laughs) She'll make those and uh, get them out to you folks there. But for now... Thanks for being the best fans around and for making us the ESPN of TV talk. I would have thrown you on, uh, th- I would have volunteered your services, but uh, I didn't want to do that to you. Ice sculpting? Yeah. What? Oh. You want to do ice, some ice sculpting? Sure. Yeah? It would just be like a bigger block of ice to a smaller block of ice, if that counts. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there right. you go. It's still, it's, uh, I just made you a square. One of the beautiful square. That's right. That's right. A rectangle to a square. There you go. Yeah. That's a Rubik's Cube. You can okay. just do a bunch of just little... Lines. Yep. That's and right. you're all set. That's right. I love it's it. It's perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
another storyline, which uh, we're speaking about storylines kind of running their course. Uh, I feel the storyline that I am kind of like, I would like this to get closer to the end. And this is Mike's battle with his Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. So we saw over the break there where Mike had taken uh, Yvonne uh, and they'd left the facility. They'd gone to go see a jazz club. Everybody's freaking mm-hmm. out. Yvonne's husband wanted to get him arrested. And uh, Sonny was able to talk him down off the ledge. Mm-hmm. But for you, are you enjoying the Mike Alzheimer's storyline? I go back and forth on it. I, much like you, there are days where I'm ready for it also to turn the corner and start wrapping up one way or the other. Um, but I have to say, I've I've really appreciated the storyline with Yvonne, especially the last few days. Um, you know, preceding that, I mean, the husband wanting to get Mike arrested, I mean, that was kind of ridiculous. Um, but but this genuine affection between Mike and Yvonne, I find very compelling. And And having to navigate that when they have this genuine affection that's clearly serving both of them in this very vulnerable time in their lives. But of course, Yvonne's husband having to watch this happen. I think I, I, I'm appreciating how the show is navigating this and kind of the complexities behind it. So so for now, I'm back in on the Mike storyline. But it, it ebbs and flows for me. I mean, and it's certainly Sonny and Marcus both have somebody that they care about. But it definitely is a different context for each of them. It's right. a, a son and a father. So you yep. want the best for your father. But I think harder... For a husband seeing his wife slip away and oh, not yeah. even remember him or the love that they shared. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, that just must be incredibly difficult. And then seeing Marcus make that even more difficult choice to let Yvonne stay in the facility and be with Mike. I mean, what, what an incredibly difficult decision. And I feel like I don't, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating how the show is handling that storyline right now. I always enjoy the the Mike and Stella scenes. That's mm, another relationship that I really mm, enjoyed. I agree. And yep. that definitely did a lot for me to enjoy Stella as a character that at least cuz her only with Jordan. Yeah. I I really got tired of that. Yeah, that really wasn't going anywhere, but I I I like Stella as almost our navigator or our narrator in this um Alzheimer's storyline, which is which is delicate and difficult and I think I feel like Stella is there to not only guide the characters, guide Mike, but guide the audience as well. So it's, you know, Mike is not part of this facility yet, but he's been spending a lot of time there, maybe in the hopes of Pops perhaps moving in. Uh, I don't know. Do you say this went on for another year? Would you be fine with that? I mean, I guess if they found a way to keep it interesting, I mean, part of what's pulled me back into this storyline is, you know, this relationship with Yvonne. And so I think that's that's offered some fresh material. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I'd want it to go on another year. I mean, unless they really go a new and interesting way with it. It's it's tough because I, I think realistically, somebody going through this, it would be many years. Yeah, yeah. And, but I feel like weighing that against... Soap opera, uh, television storytelling. Yeah. And wanting to perhaps accelerate it just because it's the audience may, which I feel like at points, it kind of the repetition of certain story beats. Right. Or moments. For me, I'm like, okay, we get it. Let's just move on. Right, right, right. Uh, it is delicate. I feel like I feel like the writers have made a conscious choice to play this out a little bit more in, in live time, essentially. Um but I agree. I'm still. I'm not sure what they would do with it for another year. So I'm not sure if if they'll continue going down that road or try something different. So part of the storyline is Margot, our DA that had it out for Sunny, mm-hmm. 
Because again, you know, uh, he did kill her father. You know, for better or for worse, how whatever kind of guy that that was, it's still Sonny did kill this woman's father. Yeah. So, but learning about the, certainly more about her mom's history, uh, uh, mom's history with a mob li- uh, boss that mm-hmm. you know first had Sonny kill her father, but was also kind of instrumental in setting this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margot has uh, kind of softened to Sonny, as it seems everybody that is always out trying to get Sonny <laughs> often do. They start softening up. Yep. To that mob boss. Yep, those dimples. So, but Carly doesn't like it. Yeah. She, which I do like at least it realizes that, like, Sonny's pattern of behavior. Yeah. A woman that needs help, that he softens to them, and then he ends up invariably sleeping with them. (laughs) Yes. Although I was surprised when Carly went there. I mean, like, in retrospect, I can see why she did, but at the time I'm like, what? You know, Sonny and Margot. Um, But I guess Carly knows him better than anybody and can see those signs earlier than anybody else could. It's, I don't see it going down that road, though. I just, I don't know. Because are you sensing that? I'm not sensing that it's going to go that way. I don't think so. I don't think. I think all it would take is like one kind of blow up between Sunny and Carly. Yeah. Some huge one where Sunny could seek solace, and then something would happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I never forget that Sunny is somebody that hooked up with Ava in a crypt. <laughs> You know? That is well. That is true. Sonny's not known that for is... great decision making. <laughs> yes. Yes. Indeed. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and we have Avery as proof. Yes. That's indeed. right. Yes. Yeah. So that happens. I. But I mean, and I, I guess I'm trying to understand because Carly certainly she got put into Ferncliff because of this yeah. whole thing. She really wanted to get Sonny, and the way to do that was to get to Carly, and really slam her down for the whole Nell thing. Yeah. Get her Ferncliff. So. Given what Carly suffered through there, I guess I could see why she just dislikes Margot. Right. But I also, but I, I feel I, I kind of agree with you there, where it's like you're just jumping so quickly yeah. to the Margot Sunny thing. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It, it just it really seemed to come out of left field when she made that observation. I wasn't sure where she was going when she first brought that up. But again, I don't know. I necessarily think that I want that because I mean, Carly, as she said, tells Jason, like if that happens, I'm done. I'm, I would never take him back. But also, I, I don't know if I want that to happen because you, how many times can you break Sonny and Carly apart and yeah. bring them back together? I agree. I feel like Carly and Sonny need to be together for good at this point. I mean, short of something utterly catastrophic. But I think we need to just, you know, no more breaking up and getting back together because you know they will always get back together. Because you can have uh, Edward and Lila. Yeah. I mean, uh, they were together yeah. for the longest time. And you didn't have to make the, the drama so much about the relationship mm-hmm. between the two of them, but just... Uh, it could be external things. Yeah. That, and they might not definitely agree on stuff, but it doesn't have to be conflicts within the two of them. Yeah. Well, and how many times have they been married? I mean, whenever they say how often they've been married, I, I mean, I can't even. I think it's five times. I don't even, I can't even remember. You know, but it's like, at some point it becomes ridiculous to break them up again, only to know like a year or two later they're going to end up back together. So just leave them together at this point, I say. I agree, because I'd be, really, I would not care to see them break apart and then watch them kind of just have to rebuild that road to like yeah they're getting back right. together great right. carly would maybe spend a year with the other single guy in town you know <laughs> and then make her way back to sunny it's, it's kind of a predictable <laughs> pattern at this point i am trying to figure out what they're going to do with marco because yeah she other than this helping sunny out especially at the jazz club trying to talk to marcus off of uh trying to press charges against mike she's given the flash drive back to drew mm-hmm. i and I mean, I guess she's kind of involved in the the poor Charles serial killer mm-hmm. murder, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really have much reason right now. And so I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out what the show does. The show want to keep her around? Right. Does the show have an idea of where they want to move her? 
Right. Do you sense anything in these storylines? I don't. To me, she's becoming more of a background player. And and I suppose that happens with every character. They have their moments in the spotlight and their moments more in, in the background. But, um, I mean, I know they were trying to do that relationship with Drew early on, which clearly that's over. But I, I, I don't even know if that was ever a plan. And, you know, they just, the writers decided to veer in another direction. Um, so, I mean, I feel like this softening of her with Sunny maybe does open some doors because before that I found her to be pretty one dimensional. So now at least we've seen, you know, a different side of her, but who she could end up with or what direction this goes. I don't know. I'm not seeing it either. Yeah. I'll be curious to see how much longer she sticks around. Yeah. Or they have a plan for her. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of people kind of sticking into the background, I just want to take a tangent from the main storylines. Uh, to talk about something else. Because usually during uh, these holiday breaks, especially uh, like Christmas and New Year's, they won't do an episode of the show, the regular show. They'll do a flashback episode. Mm-hmm. And they, for the New Year's episode, they did an episode where it was Michael as an infant who needed to get the surgery yeah. to repair part of that, uh, that, the defect that he had around his heart. But what I liked about that is it was just great to see a lot of the Quartermain family yeah. in that episode. yeah. Yeah, I found myself almost like counting, like who is still with us and who isn't. And it was kind of tragic how many are no longer with us in the world of Port Charles. Yeah, and um, it's just – seeing an episode like that, just seeing how much that the Quartermain family brought to the series mm-hmm. and how whether it's you know through character deaths or writing off characters – uh, that the Quartermain family has been diminished. Yeah. And we've talked about this many, many times in this show. But for you, yeah. how important is the Quartermain family – to you in terms of general hospital storytelling? I don't know. I I, I don't feel it palpably that the Quartermains are a smaller brood. And again, that could be, even though I've watched the show for a long time, I feel like in some ways the real heydays of the Quartermains are even before I started watching. So, I mean, it's it, it's always, it always seems unfortunate. I mean, they've had a lot of people die far too young. Um, and so some of that, it just feels like, you know, it's just an unfortunate lot this family has had, but I, I mean, I feel like the show has compensated in other ways. So, um, I I would like the quarter mains to be bigger, but it doesn't feel like a huge loss to me that they're not. Really? Yeah. I feel differently about that. Do you? There you go. How do you? (laughs) Tell (laughs) me. And that would be the end of that sentence. I feel differently. (laughs) Moving on with no explanation. I disagree. (laughs) Yeah. I won't tell you why. Yeah. I. For me, if you you see Ned, which... Well, Frank loves Ned. I love Ned. He loves him some Ned. So, <laughs> yes, I think you also have a stronger pull to some of the Quarterman characters than I do. Yeah, like, it's just, I felt like they're such a large family. Yeah. That, that were the generator of so, much, so many stories. Yeah. That I feel like having that part not there anymore, it, yeah. it just, it feels a little emptier to me. The world feels a little bit smaller in Port Charles. Do you find, though, that that is rooted in things that happened, and again, I know I'm going way back, but things that might have happened even before I started watching the show, which was like the late 90s. You know, things that happened, because I wasn't there when Jason Quartermain became Jason Morgan, or I wasn't watching Mm. when, you know, kind of Alan and Monica were really in their heyday of, you know, affairs and whatnot. Like, I feel like there was a lot of drama maybe early to mid-90s with the Quartermains that made them, like, really central characters. I feel like... For a lot of the time that I've been watching the show, they kind of they come and go as important characters in the show, and they're not always particularly central. But I mean, you've got you had everything where where there be the uh, the Eckerts involved. Yeah, Jenny. I don't even uh, know who those are. No, 
uh, Jane Eckert, who was, who, who was married Ooh, to Ned for a little bit there, yeah. uh, but that was actually starting to fall in love with Paul Ornsby, who was married to Tracy at the time. Yeah. So seeing a lot of that drama as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had Billy uh, Eddie Main. That uh, stuff, you know, Ellen like, J. I don't even LMB, know. LMB Records. Oh, LMB Records. Yes. No. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of Quartermains that I have felt a, I, I, a particular fondness for Tracy. I thought it was a real loss when Tracy left the show. Mm-hmm. I really like Tracy. Um, Sky. I mean, I know that maybe that's random, but yeah. I but I, I did like Sky. And Ned, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I I just, I haven't felt a great pull to any number of the Quartermain storylines. And I feel like, sadly, which, you know, there's really nothing you could do about it, but just... Uh, Edward Quartermain, the loss yeah. of that character, who yeah. could really be uh, the you know the instigator of many storylines, just because of you know wanting to keep the family close or yeah. manipulating things because he wanted all his family and he wanted to screw uh, who like Carly out yeah. of having Michael. Like no no no, yeah. I want this I want this child under my roof. Yeah, uh, yeah. just his machinations. I feel like is something that that's missed in the show, and he could. Uh, he yeah. can push a lot of people in, in, in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I mean, the show really doesn't have a good patriarch at the moment of a family. Yeah. Uh, and he definitely served that role. I have this just as an aside, but in that in that that flashback episode, I did enjoy just, like, pissed off AJ. You know, <laughs> that look that AJ had just permanently for years uh, anytime he was in the vicinity of Jason. I did enjoy that. Uh so did you watch GH when uh, Sean Cannon was playing AJ, or you only Billy Warlock? No. I, I mean, I saw him when he came back yes. as AJ, um, his second go-round. But no, I only – so when I started watching, it was the Billy Warlock era. So for you, Billy Warlock is more AJ or – Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Sean Cannon, I would see like those pictures in the background of him and Jason when they were <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> they were both yep. teenagers, or but uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, Billy Warlock is definitely more AJ to me. Uh, well, I mean, there is sort of a, I mean, the brood grew a little bit with the addition of Drew Kane into yeah. it, Jason's twin, who uh, we now see has a uh, old friend from the past come into town. Yes, and that is Hank. Yes, meets Jason there at a bar. Uh, you know, with no no ribs involved with the floating rib, but plenty of pool. <laughs> But uh, we find out that Hank is not just an old friend of Drew's from the yeah. military. Uh, you know, he was, you know, what is he, a contract uh, employee there. Yeah. But uh, also happens to be Shiloh, the head of this new, we're calling it cult because ultimately it seems we like We don't know what it is, be. but it feels culty. Yes. 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 That uh, Christina and Oscar have been involved in. Yeah. Are, are you intrigued by the addition of Hank slash Shiloh? Um, I guess. I mean, it's still so new. It felt kind of forced when... Shiloh just showed up and it was Hank. I mean, I guess I kind of, I thought it might go that direction, but it just, it felt, it was kind of an odd turn in that moment. Um, it's so new. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I am fascinated by this cult though. I have to say, I, I think what, what's been intriguing to me is that every time Christina talks about just doing something good, you know, volunteering, everyone like is confused <laughs> and like, you know, what are you talking about? You're going to go volunteer. You know, like everyone is so suspicious of, Christina's, you know, genuinely good works, um, which I'm finding kind of amusing. But um, but I don't know where they're going with this. And I, I'm enjoying not knowing where they're going with this. I'm, I, it's curious to see, curious for me to see how they're setting this up. So, but it's, I'm okay with Shiloh. He doesn't really look the part of cult leader, you know, but, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. It, well, I mean, yeah, What do you think of him? It's interesting because, I mean, it's definitely tied into Sam's storyline because... Yeah. 
We do have the person that uh, the friends with Oscar and Christina that invited him into the uh, the group home. Yeah, but is also working at the uh, at the uh, Alzheimer's facility too right. as well. Right, that is giving those uh, those newspapers turned to you know get uh, Sam's attention. So yeah. somehow Shiloh is dialed back. It seems Shiloh is dialed into Sam's past. Well, he he made that comment to her. You know, well, yes. Sam, as you know, sometimes you have to change your identity to make a fresh start. So right there, it's like, oh, well, clearly he's behind this somehow. But uh, so, you know, you start thinking about what would his motive be? And I guess if Drew really did save his life, is he, you know, avenging, you know, Sam leaving Drew? I mean, I don't know what motivation he would have to go after Sam. Well, I feel like, I mean, Sam came into town full of cons and schemes. So yeah. I feel like it's got to do uh, be about something that happened before she got to Fort Charles. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I just don't know what his, why would he be, I, I don't know what his connection to that would be, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'll we'll save this for more a little bit more to the end when we get to uh, news and gossip. But uh, so we'll save that topic for about Shiloh and his connection to maybe another member of Fort Charles. Oh, yes. So I get ready know. for that a little bit later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, now speaking of Christina, as everybody's laughing or making kind of giving <laughs> that look of uh, incredulity. Incredulity. Yes, that's okay. a good word. Sure. See, that's why I'm with her because she knows these big words. I've... There you <laughs> but, go. Uh, we also see something that people have been talking about a lot, and that is the connection between Christina and Val. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we do see that, you know, she gives that kind of like temple massage that, you know, they, they people all are giving like Oscar, and now she's doing it to Val, kind of helping her get rid of the tension and stress. Yeah. And then they have a little moment, and they, yep. they kiss. Yep. And yep. Val freaks out. Yep. Takes off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is ultimately leading up to a storyline where Val will be... Figuring out her sexuality? I assume so. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine they're just going to let it lie in its current state. So I think there are definitely, it's, it looks like things for, for Val to figure out and to work through. Um, but I also appreciate that they're, they don't seem to be rushing this, you know, and this is also a storyline that may play out for quite a bit of time, you know, as Val figures this out and starts piecing things together for herself. So I assume, although Val, I mean, she's not on very much. So it's hard to say... Are they committing to this storyline? Is this a new storyline or is this just something that's going to pop up, you know, periodically as Val comes into the scene? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, that that is one of the things about some (laughs) certain stories. It's like with Ned being mayor, like you don't get to see it that much to really get fully invested in it. And so like every couple of months when they come on, you're like, okay, now we're supposed to really care about this for the day or two that we might see these characters. Yeah. Or Brad and Lucas with the baby. Yes. 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 Um, Yeah. No, there are are some really interesting storylines that are being floated and, and, um, you know, with, yeah, characters we don't see very often. So that's an interesting choice, too, on the part of the writers. The uh, one last thing about Charlotte, jump back to that for a second. The one thing I do you kind of like about the Shiloh storyline? is that it does feel like those old-school soap opera storytelling where you could tell a definitive beginning to a storyline happening. Where you're like, all right, this is somebody that is going to be around for six to eight months and is going to be causing these certain characters a lot of trouble. And now we're seeing this is the beginning of that story. And one last thought on him, too. I thought it was interesting when when Sam and Jason come over and they're kind of giving him the third degree and then they left and then Shiloh really lays into Christina... Um, almost in a creepy way, you know, just... Did you say that was creepy? Yeah, I I just thought he was really in her face and just really just intense with her. And uh, I don't, to me, it just showed hints of a side of him 
that could be, well, controlling. I mean, in a, I guess, in a cult leader sort of way, but just, there was just an intensity and a controlling nature that it, it caught me off guard, um, that he kind of went after her that much for how she had reacted to Jason and Sam. You know, uh, there's going to be some dark sides of Shiloh coming out. Yeah. It's just a matter of how soon does he get really creepy. Right, right, right. Uh, now, uh, somebody that used to be creepy, but I guess the show's been working hard to kind of redeem, and that's your boy Julian. Oh, Julian. Are you a fan of Julian? I am a fan of Julian. Really? Yeah. I guess we haven't talked about this. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I am. I mean, he doesn't have much to do now, you know, other than running Charlie's and dating Kim, which I, that may be over too, but... I kind of like this, like, kinder, gentler Julian. So, all right, because I felt like I, I checked out Julian as a character when he ha- held the knife to Alexis's throat. Oh, I hated that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I was not a fan of that. I mean, that I, that was so over the top and just so unpleasant. And, and so I really, it, I didn't like that either. But there's something about how he is trying to rebuild his life, you know, owning Charlie's and um, and dating Kim, I do like him and Kim together. Uh, I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but I, I like them together. And I like that he's trying to figure out how to just be kind of an upstanding member of the community. Do you want to see him and Alexis back together? I don't think so. I mean, neither do, do I. You? I. I feel like there are there is a section of fandom that the, the Jew Alexis fans that yeah. seem to be invested in that. I, I'm not. It, no matter what. I guess was written into Julian's motivations about holding that knife to Alexis's throat and then yeah. had to deal with his sister having something on him and all that stuff. Yeah. Just it just made that I felt like it made that relationship way too toxic for me yeah. to get it to the point where I'd be like, I, I can't feel like I could ever really invest in them as a couple. No, I agree. I feel like that I mean, how could you I I guess people have gone back to significant others for all sorts, you know, in surprising circumstances. But I that I just don't see how you go back after that. I don't know. There's a little bit of a been there, done that with, with Alexis and Julian. And I'm not feeling like for a long time, whenever they were in the same room, it was like, she's like, I hate him. I love him. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I love him. You know, but, yeah. but I'm not feeling that anymore. Like, I feel like she still feels um, pulled to him in a way that she probably always will. But I'm not sensing that she's like actively longing for him. Yeah, but she does care. About she cares. Him. She yes. definitely cares. And the knife on throat thing, I guess, is in the past now. But um, but I'm not I'm not sensing that same because she seems so torn for so long. Like I know I'm not supposed to love him anymore, but I still do. And I'm just I'm not picking up on that vibe anymore. I thought they kind of gotten past it, which I was excited about. And then they did an episode was it a couple weeks ago where uh, Kim, uh, Julian, and I think Kim were talking outside, and Alexis is watching from inside Charlie's. Mm. I'm like, oh man. All right. <laughs> Come on, come on. I know. But we see Julian, who always trying his best, yeah. uh, and whether it's running into Willow uh, yeah. and having Willow stink eye at him, yeah, I know. I know. or trying to do right by Kim and comes to see her on New Year's Eve and yeah. she's kissing Drew. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, now he's that like, uh, we're, we're done, Kim. I Yeah, to me, all, I don't know, all of that just felt... I, I just, I don't know, it felt too, I don't know if it's rushed or artificial, but it's because I, I really, I hadn't been sensing much chemistry between Kim and Drew, and all of a sudden they're having this kiss that Julian happens to see, and I'm like, what? You know, and then and then immediately it happens, and Kim and Drew are like, oh, that was a mistake, and you're not sensing that there's any, you know, they're, I don't, I'm not feeling a pull between them either, so it's like we're really going to blow up Kim and... Julian over that like where is this going you know for as much as uh, yeah I, I don't 
I don't see that spark between them. And I no. feel like, but I feel like the show's laid more groundwork into seeing Kim and Julian as a couple. Yeah. So I buy that more. Yeah. And maybe if the if they laid that same groundwork with Drew and Kim, maybe. Right. Or maybe if they just had that natural spark. Right. In those scenes right. where you're like, man, they're clearly into each other. But I yeah. don't feel like either of them really, at least Drew for sure, yeah. wasn't playing those scenes where it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really into her. No, not at all. Because I mean, he's got zero context about her. Right, right, right. And I'm not even feeling it with her towards him either, which is interesting in a way because she, you know, obviously she came into Port Charles with much a much stronger connection to him. But I feel like once she was with Julian, she was all in on Julian. And there was no sense, like, maybe this is it. That, that there, I just didn't feel like she was ever torn. Like, I'm with Julian, but I still feel this affection for Drew. You know, I just, I didn't feel there was any waffling on her part in terms of her feelings. And so all of a sudden to be, like, kissing Drew in the hospital room, it just felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, understandably, they're under a very intense circumstances with Oscar, but it still felt like that kiss was a little bit forced. Yeah. It just felt like, all right, we got to do something to juice the storyline up and let's have Julian see this really yeah, you know, moment that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I felt that too. But I, up to that point, even as they were, you know, with Oscar for you know extended periods of time, I wasn't sensing any kind of budding chemistry or they're starting to give each other looks. Like there was no, there was no build up to it. Mm-hmm. And then just all of a sudden it happened. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. And then the part of me that likes Julian, I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like kind of sad. Uh, but it's a popular establishment. Everybody's going there. To Charlie's? Yeah. I know. I know. Enough. I know. Uh, now, we I did mention Julian and Willow having their count, uh, encounters. And they've had a couple yeah. over our, our last couple weeks there. Yeah. Where uh, we really see that Julian didn't really strong arm, but just kind of persuaded her. Just, you know, that you know Willow's doing the right thing about giving yeah. up her baby up for adoption. Yeah. Uh, real quick, how do you like Willow? I like her. I mean, I, I think we're still getting to know Willow, so I don't have a fully formed opinion on her yet, but I, I'm liking her so far. Um, as an aside, I was actually glad to learn that Julian hadn't strong-armed her in some, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, again, it's, you know, he still talked her out of her out of reclaiming her child. So, I mean, there's, you know, that's probably not good in and of itself, but it, I was glad that at least he didn't do it in some, you know, I don't know, super threatening or violent way. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm liking her. But I, I don't know. I don't have a really strong opinion on her yet. Do okay. you? Do you? I, you know, when she first came in as just the teacher, I was like, Ugh, I don't know about this. And then she had a yeah. terrible, like, meet cute with uh, Chase at the uh, the garage of the yeah. hospital. Like, oof, that was rough. Yeah. <sighs> She's fine. Yeah. I feel like there's still more skeletons in her closet that once they get revealed may make it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we have to see. Are they going to, is she going to start developing feelings for Michael? Like, it does feel it, like it's going they, that direction. They're kind of floating that, like, who is it going to be? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like it's, for me at least, it's too early to say. All right. So now before we get into our news and gossip, real rapid fire, I'm going to yeah. throw out a few storylines that we didn't get to get to cover in depth Okay. Uh, this episode. Uh, Finn moving in with Anna. Super fast. What do you think? Uh, fine. Yeah. I, I don't, it, it seemed fine. I mean, everything with them feels a little, you know, it's, it, there's a whole lot of buildup and yeah. You know, so it, I think it was a good move. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. You? Ned and, uh, we got, we had Ned and Laura's, uh, mayoral, oh. uh, town hall. I'm so over this election. It just, I, it just <laughs> feels so just, 
I don't, I, I don't know. It just feels stilted and the way that politics plays out in Port Charles, it just, uh, the whole thing feels a little strange. So I, I, I fast forwarded through that, to be honest. All I right. didn't, I didn't need to hear their time. Real quick, who do you want to win? Ned or, Ned or Laura? I don't, I, I guess Laura, I guess, with mm. all due respect to your boy Ned, but I feel like when Ned is mayor, we don't, I don't know. That doesn't, that, I don't, we don't seem to see any more of him. Yeah, but because that's how, of course, Wally Kurth doing double duty on days right. and GH. For sure. Yeah. I feel like I would love to see Ned more. I, I'd love to see Ned win, but we're still going to just see him about the same amount that we see. I feel like the reason the show probably wants to have Laura win is because it, di- it ties more into Ryan's storyline. Right. Yeah, I feel like when Ned and Olivia are basically, you know, mayor and first lady of of port charles it feels very one note to me like they just come in and do something mayoral and then they leave you know so i I don't know if it's adding much to the show for me that ned's mayor uh your boy chet coming back and now working for sunny at the boxing gym it it seems so random i don't i guess it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and where did amy go is amy is amy gone i I guess hopefully busy doing other stuff at the hospital right 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 um, so I, I, who knows where they're going with that. It seemed, it felt a little out of the blue, but I have no issue with it. Uh, Ava, how are you feeling about Ava right now? Mm. I mean, she's born in Kiki. Mm-hmm. People keep coming over and say like, keep an eye on Kevin because he seems kind of weird. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm just so amazed by how, um, this storyline is playing out and how Ava's playing it. I, I, it's, it, I don't, I, I think it's really powerful seeing her in this mourning process and, if, you know, and 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 as she as she will say, she didn't know Kevin before, so she has nothing to compare this new Kevin to. So I get it when she's like, "I get you're telling me he's creepy, but like I have nothing to compare it to." So, um, but I'm appreciating how that storyline is playing out and how they're how they're showing us her grief. All right, and Nina and Valentine reuniting. I it's yeah. I mean, it's another. You know, it's going to blow up sooner rather than later. I mean, something. Cause I feel like so, even though Sasha's gone, the the truth about that is going to have to come out at some point. So I guess it's fine. But I I I, I have thoughts for another day on you know the whole Sasha thing and what Valentine did, which I just I thought that was all kind of ridiculous. So I I think this is we just we know this is doomed for yet another breakup. Yeah, and, and it's like I feel like after that you can't have them back together again. It just all of Sonny and Carly, I, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is going to come out, and then you yeah. still have the uh, the Claudette. Yes. Oh, that's true. That is still laying there, ready to be uncovered as well. That's true. So that's I mean, true. it's like we just got so many too many bombs in that relationship to make it viable. Yeah. And I I feel like the next time it happens, I, it's got to be done for good because I can't watch another of them trying to come back together storyline. Well, and she was she was so so torn about going back with him, and I mean, seeing that it took her. Months and months and months and months to let herself trust him again. I can't imagine that it, once she finds out about Sasha or, you know, whatever it is, um, that she's going to let herself go down that road again. Because you see what, what you know, angst she has over choosing to be with him at all. Uh, real quick, uh, some hot news and uh, gossip here for you. We'll dive into that before we wrap up this episode. After Buzz TV News. So as I mentioned, there are our boy Shiloh and our, our girl Willow. There might be some more things in their background that might make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we're going to finally find out uh, possibly that uh, Willow may be the true biological daughter of Nina. 
Oh. Yes, because we've been. They are very. I did not know that. Yeah, okay. So right. I feel like that the half heart pendant is going to be the big oh, key to that. Oh, okay. All right. So that could lead that. And of course, that which is interesting because they've really put Willow and Nina at odds yes. over this whole, uh, uh, whole school stuff. That's true. That's true. Uh, and that there's a possibility, rumors have it, that uh, Shiloh could actually be the father of Wiley. I oh, don't wow. know if that's, that's the case or not. Well, no, that's what rumors are speculating right now. Uh, the father of. The, so the father of the baby that Willow gave that up. died, but because yes. Willow because that baby Correct. died, right? That's so, true. Yes. So it would be Shiloh and Willow. Yes. Other baby. Correct. Got it. I'm with you. So that could be the possibility for that. Got and it. And then also we've got uh, uh, one of the GH stars, uh, a family member, is having a little uh, difficulty here, some medical issues there. Uh, oh, there we go. Why are you not being up there? But. Uh, Oh, now it's not going to tell me that's the special story. But we got uh, uh, Luz, uh, in real life, her uh, sister suffering uh, from diagnosis oh. with cancer. Oh, no. And so uh, they do have various GoFundMes to uh, okay. try to help her in the uh, trying to battle that. Mm-hmm. So we wish her and uh, her the best of luck there. And mm-hmm. if you can do anything to help with her and, uh, and all that medical attention, I know that would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. So. Uh, look at this, folks. We've done the first episode of GH Report in 2019. Erica, what did you think? This was so much fun. This was so much fun. I've been watching the show as long as Frank has been doing it. So I'm usually at home on a Sunday night just tuning in. So it's it's a little surreal doing it. Uh, but it was so much fun. Oh, she'll really tell me what she thinks after. <laughs> She's going to tear into me. No, this has been great. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for, uh, for, for humoring my presence. There you go. Yes, I, I figured, you know, why not bring one of the most important people in my life on to talk about uh, a show that we both usually love. There you go. Yes. Uh, there you go. We're getting all this happy. I'm so emotionally spent by this there that, you know what? I'm going to have to take next week off. In fact, Carla and I will both be taking next week off. They're due to various uh, outside real world uh, working gig opportunities that we both have. Carla and I will not be back here next week, uh, but we'll be back on the 20th, Sunday, January 20th. We'll both be back here in these seats, breaking down the latest and greatest in Port Charles here. But in the meantime, folks, thanks for joining us here. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. You make this so much easier to do when we get to hear all your thoughtful uh, thoughts. And I'll take all the criticism you throw my way. (laughs) (laughs) But as always, folks, uh, thanks for watching us. We'll be back Sunday, January 20th for Erica Schreiber. I've been your host, Frank Moran. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. And we'll see you back here in two weeks uh, for another episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.